if you can have a system that allows them to save their progress or say your form is even just in Google Docs, it doesn't need to be fancy. It just needs to actually consolidate and have everything that you need. The onboarding isn't just for your clients, it's also for you. So I just want to say that quickly that it is also about you getting the information that you need to be able to deliver on the job that you're you were hired to do. You're listening to the It's a Vibe podcast, the show that'll give you the talk and tools to elevate your online business and create a bragworthy brand experience that will turn your dream clients into raving fans. Whip up your favorite cocktail, grab a seat, and let's take a sprinkle more intentional action so that you can finally make your business the total joy ride it deserves to be. Let's do this. Welcome back to It's a Vibe. Sarah here from Rebel Office. Today, we are talking about onboarding. It is one of the most critical phases in your client experience because it's the validation or the hope for validation that comes right after someone has chosen to trust you and invest in you. And that's why we're talking about it today because it's so important. And I see so many of our clients and community members overlooking it and not prioritizing it. And it is crazy because anytime that you think back to maybe when you've had a bad client or there was like some weird awkwardness or something went wrong in a project or service delivery, nine times out of 10, I bet you that came down to communication. And it's hard. And and yes, sometimes there are just simply like bad clients out there and clients that, you know, you just don't vibe with, don't align with, whatever. But also a lot of times, if we were honest with ourselves, it's because we didn't communicate something properly. We didn't manage an expectation. Maybe we weren't clear about something or there was mismatched kind of no one was on the right page. So that's really where onboarding can be really powerful. And I want to talk about it because kind of the number one thing or mistake that I see our clients making, it's it's really two, but it's on kind of the flip side of either coin. It's either doing too little to prepare and manage expectations or doing too much and overwhelming them with information and putting all of the chaos onto them. And neither of those are great. (laughs) Like, let's just not do either of those. And I'm going to walk you through how to actually audit your onboarding process to figure out if you're doing one of these and what to do about it to fix it. Onboarding is really, truly the time to set expectations, to get everyone on the same page, and to start your project or the service delivery off on the right foot so that you can reduce resistance and issues and communication problems, and all of those things that maybe have not gone the way you wanted them to in the past, let's figure out how to design your onboarding so that they can go right in the future. And that's really what today is all about. So going back to kind of the doing too little or doing too much, let's start with doing too little. So what I see sometimes, quite often, (laughs) it's okay. It's okay if you do this. That when you're onboarding a client, there's not much going on. So if you were to put yourself in your client's shoes, 
they've just chosen to trust you, to invest in you, and for you to help them achieve some sort of result or promise or or whatever. Now, if they've done that, and if they've handed over money to you and potentially quite a bit of money, then they want to know that something's happening. They don't want to just give you money and then sit there and be like, oh, well, I wonder what's happening now, or I wonder what happens next, or what should I be doing? We don't want that. (laughs) We don't want them sitting there asking those questions. We want them to have a clear step-by-step to know what they should be doing, what you're working on. Yeah, it's okay to communicate that. It's important to. And this is also where maybe you're not managing those expectations. Now, during onboarding, you really want to set the tone for how communication is going to be happening and how you're going to specifically communicate what's going on with their project or their service. So even if you don't have regular touch points, depending on your product or service, maybe you simply give them a weekly email or do a monthly report, or I'm thinking of very specific examples of past clients, but you may not need to, you may not be on the phone with them all the time, then that's fine. But you still need to be able to communicate when they're going to hear from you so that they're not sitting there kind of like twiddling their thumbs being like, what, what do I do? What's going on? Should I reach out to them? That's just going to add more burden and stress onto you as well as them because they're going to be bugging you and following up with you instead of you just being clear right up front to say, this is how this is going to work. And that's really going to help you at the end of the day. I promise it will. <laughs> um, now, the, on, the, on the flip side of this, it's very possible to overwhelm them with information. So it is possible that instead of kind of being silent or just expecting them to know what's going on or you jumping right in, you may potentially be overwhelming them. So another kind of flip side of this coin is giving them too much right off the bat. So say you have like a, they sign up and you get the the invoice paid and you're like, great, let's send you all of the information. And then Because maybe it hasn't been strategically designed, you're first sending an email saying, yay, so excited, I'm going to send you more details soon, and then you send them more details soon, but then you also follow up with maybe, oh, but I also need your branding assets, or I also need your logins for this, or oh, by the way, let's schedule in a quick call to just go over this, da-da-da-da-da. And that can become very overwhelming, and your kind of internal operations, your chaotic environment, you're now putting that onto them. And they don't, they don't need that. They don't deserve that. They need to know what to do next in a clear and concise way so that they feel like you're in control and they continue to build that trust with you. I've said this before in past episodes, your client experience is all about trust. It is about building it, it is about maintaining it and growing it so that your clients become repeat buyers, customers, and bring new clients in for you. And at the onboarding phase, when your clients are very excited because they have chosen to trust you and invest in you, they are very likely to send referrals your way before things have even gotten started. It happens all the time in Rebel Office, in our clients' businesses, 
And it's really an opportunity to kind of optimize so that you can continue to get those referrals and make referrals your largest lead source. I don't know why they're so undervalued (laughs) or like underrated, but referrals are the best way to get clients into your business. It costs significantly less than any other form of marketing. Word of mouth marketing is also the highest converting. So food for thought there, but that's really where onboarding can come in. So either doing too little or doing too much, let's find that middle ground. Let's figure out how to do that. So what you first want to do is audit your onboarding process. So go through and if you are a visual person, open up my favorite tool, Miro or get a pen and paper and physically map out and like draw a flow chart basically of the step-by-step of what happens from the moment someone says, yes, I want to work with you to the moment that delivery starts. So what happens? Now I've kind of bridged that. So the way that I look at client experience or how we kind of approach it here at Rebel Office is that that phase, that kind of range that I just gave you actually has two parts. There's the conversion piece where they get like the legalities piece where they have the contract and invoice proposal, that kind of stuff where they sign and actually commit and pay. And then the onboarding is generally the information sharing and communications and and expectations management piece right after. So audit that process and say, okay, so once someone has come in and they said, yes, let's do this, here's my money then what happens before actual delivery starts? What information do you need to collect? Do you need to communicate with them beforehand? Do you have an initial kickoff call? What happens and who's in charge of it? And then look at it and say, what's working about this, what's not? You can also reach out to past clients and ask about their experience And you can, and like, don't take anything personal. You're doing this for continuous improvement. It's all good. It's all valuable information so that we can make our businesses better. But ask them and say, how did you feel after you first signed up? Was there anything I could do better? And simply ask the question or reflect on yourself looking back at past projects. Look at the ones that maybe didn't go so well or the ones that did and ask yourself, how did you onboard them? If there were opportunities where you felt like you weren't getting information from clients or they weren't responding to you in an appropriate amount of time or they were canceling calls or any of those kind of sticky points in a product or or service delivery, ask yourself, why did that happen and how can I prevent that from happening in the future? I promise you a lot of it can be handled at onboarding. And you really want to look for opportunities to increase that communication and simplify deliverables or reduce resistance in any sort of way. So some examples that you can do this are having a kickoff call to go over everything in one shot instead of over a million emails. So saying, instead of there being a ton of different steps, set it up as, okay, great. Thank you so much. You're on board. You're, you're, it's official, however you want to word it. Let's schedule in your first call where we'll go over next steps and how this is going to work. And then you have their attention on the call where you can sit down and say, okay, this is how communication is going to work. Expect updates on this frequency. Or if you have any questions, you can 
ask them however you want to handle questions, whether it's with like a SOS call or um, through email. Our office hours are, this one's important and you need to stick with it. As service providers, don't kind of compromise on your boundaries there. Tell them what your your office hours are and how you communicate back and how, how uh, responsive you are as well. Like, can they expect a response within two business days, within 12 hours, whatever it is? You need to communicate it on the call so that they know and be confident in it and back yourself on it because it's important. And they're going to, they've trusted you and they've invested in you and they've made that choice. So now step up and and be that person. Now, um, what you could also do if you don't want to do a kickoff call, something else that can be really helpful is an onboarding guide or a project guide, or again, it depends on your service. But what you could do is say, for example, we use HoneyBook and they have these things called smart files. It's like a document that you can share. And what you could do is have a doc or a smart file that has everything in it for easy access and completion. So in smart files, the way that it's set up is that there's multiple pages or you can have multiple pages. So what you could have in an onboarding guide is the first page could be a welcome guide and a message or a video from you saying, so excited to get started. Then it's pre-recorded. You don't have to get on a call. It's a great solution. Page number two could then be communication expectations. These are office hours. If you have questions, communicate to us in this platform, da-da-da-da-da. Third one could be, please complete this questionnaire, or here's a timeline of your project, or here's a recap of what's in the contract so that those expectations are reinforced. Here's what happens if you miss a meeting. All of these things that you can put into a clear and concise document, information, whether it's overwhelming or not enough or whatever, oftentimes comes down to how information is structured as well, which is why the design of these assets can be can play a very critical role in your client experience. So anyways, food for thought there. And if you ever need support with that, we have our custom client experience packages and we can do that for you. <laughs> or we're more than happy to walk you through it. So another solution could be a consolidated intake form or a questionnaire that asks everything instead of collecting things in little little pieces what you can do or what what we see with our clients happen um, often is sending multiple emails kind of one after another. And we try to reduce that as much as possible. It's just not, it can just feel like a lot from the client's perspective. And again, when we're talking about client experience, put yourself in your client's shoes. Like you've been a consumer before, you've invested before. So think about your experiences too, because a lot of times we can sometimes bring those bad habits into our business and we want to correct that. Anyways, back to my point. So for intake questionnaires, like I was saying before, if you're a social media manager and you need login details for their social platforms, but then you also want to know who their ideal client is and some core brand messaging and all of those pieces so that you can speak in their voice. This is an example. But instead of having multiple forms for that, Put it all into one nice, neat, structured form so that they can sit down and complete it all at once. If you can have a system that allows them to save their progress or say your form is even just in Google Docs, it doesn't need to be fancy. It just needs to actually consolidate and have everything that you need. 
the onboarding isn't just for your clients, it's also for you. So I just want to say that quickly, that it is also about you getting the information that you need to be able to deliver on the job that you're, you were hired to do. So taking that into consideration as well, it's okay to ask for that all up front. Again, it just comes down to how the information is structured and to make sure that it feels manageable or you give them the time to do it and complete it in a timely manner. And if you need to onboard someone and not start them for two weeks because they have a lot to complete before you get started, then then do that. Don't rush them just because you want to, I don't know, begin the project. If you need that information and it's going to make the delivery so much more smooth, then just give yourself the space, give them the space to do it and get it done and do it properly. That's really what onboarding is about. So overall, looking at your onboarding and as you're going through and auditing it, what you want to make sure is covered is your communication expectations and style. So again, office hours, platforms, all of those things. Deliverables, you want to recap deliverables. You want to make sure everyone is on the same page about what they're actually getting. You're going to recap that again. Feel free to pull it from your contract if you have a breakdown in your contract, which you should. Then collecting any information you need to do your job, answering any questions they may have. So whether it is in an onboarding guide where there is a, the final page is submit any questions that you have and we'll get back to you with answers about this process or whatever. Or on the kickoff call, end that call with, do you have any questions? How can we address them? Figuring out how to be able to answer any questions so that they're not sitting there just kind of like holding on and hoping for the best. Make sure that they're comfortable and make sure that they are in a safe space where they can communicate with you and engage with you or your team or whoever's handling the delivery. And then, of course, next steps. Who does what? When is it happening? Break it down. And there's no such thing as too much communication or like oversharing at this point. So long as it's, again, structured in a clear (laughs) clear and, and safe way. But have fun auditing your onboarding process. Really do take the time. If you're listening to this episode and you have a few minutes, just take the next 15 minutes and draw it out and, and ask yourself these questions and say, where, where can I maybe improve something that hasn't worked in the past? Or how can I restructure your onboarding process to be more effective or so that I feel better set up or so that my clients feel more supported? You kind of want both. You need both to happen. So being able to look at your onboarding process to do this is really going to help. Our elevated experience module maps this out and gives you way more examples. It also provides email templates for you to be able to actually um, use and implement and kind of adjust however you need for your own business to navigate this onboarding process as well as kind of every other phase in your client experience. So make sure that you go and check that out or grab the bundle of the Elevation Lab and get them all, whichever. But it can really help you in there to map that out and then use the systems to onboard so that you don't have to do any of this manually. And that's something that I think is really important. You can really allow it to happen. And as long as you take the time to sit down and be intentional and strategic about it and take the time to build it once right, then you can really truly set it and forget it until it comes around to an audit time on your client experience, which is a whole other topic for another day. So I'll leave you there. Audit your onboarding process as soon as you can. And it's not going to happen overnight, but just take the time to to build in those 
expectation management pieces because that's really going to help you and your client for a successful client experience. Thanks for tuning into the It's a Vibe podcast with Rebel Office. Now go put on your favorite playlist and start taking that elevated intentional action. But don't forget to make the space you need and have fun working on your business because that's what it's all about after all. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.